Amen. Will you please pray with me? Dear Father in heaven, we indeed do pray that your kingdom would come and your will would be done right in this room, right in this neighborhood, right in this city, right in this metro area, as it is in heaven, from you to us, through us, to this community that needs you so badly, we pray. Bring it to pass. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. It is very good to be here. I am from Texas, and I am cold. (laughs) But it is still uh, a warm reception that we've received from uh, you and your leaders, your pastors, and we have been so glad to be here. We were able to come in on Friday and meet with some of you, and then uh, yesterday we had a training for uh, a few dozen of, of you and your leaders And it's all about a simple but important thing. Ready? It's what the mission of God is. Now, you may or may not be clear on what is most important to God. But today is a good day for us to make it real clear and real simple. So that when you hear the words of Jesus to you, which is simple and clear as well, you come follow me. You'll know what you're getting yourself into. Okay, you're going to be that way. Fine, fine, fine. (laughs) I I, I can handle it. Yeah, so what is most important to God? What does God say is the point? What does God say is most important, the priority, the goal, the win? It's real simple. He wants his world back. Now, I know he's got some of you back. How many of you have been baptized into Christ Jesus? Your sins are forgiven. Let me just see a quick show of hands. Oh, good. I thought so. Yeah, and he's delighted to have you, but he is certainly not satisfied with you. Yes, he loves you. Yes, he died for you, but not just you. He wants everyone back. He wants all of White Bear Lake back. He wants all of Minnesota back. He even wants Texas back. <laughs> You're probably saying he can, he can have them. Uh, <laughs> But friends, let's not, let's not be self-centered. Let's not be narrow-minded. God wants everyone back, and he expects you to help. We're going to talk about that a little bit uh, during the message today because the chances are that we have some very important things a little vague, a little fuzzy, and therefore we're a little afraid. Maybe we're not a little afraid. Maybe we're a lot afraid. We'd rather sit on the bench and send in a professional like Pastor Dan. But the fact is that each of us who have been loved by God have an opportunity and, yes, even a responsibility that as I have been loved, now I get to love my neighbor. From God to you in abundance. Amen? Amen. But then freely you've received, my dear friend, time to freely give. It's what you're made for. It's what you're saved for. And by the way, it's how you will live a most fulfilling and fruitful life. If you come in here today saved but selfish, you are missing out. Not on heaven someday, but the kingdom of God being alive and real and tangible today. Freely receive, freely give. That's how you get to participate. That's how you get to be fulfilled and fruitful as you give away a little bit of what you have in abundance to those around you that, wow, need it so badly. 
So when we talk about the mission of God, it's real simple. It's why he sent his son. It's why there was the cross. It's why there is a resurrection. And quite frankly, it's why you're still here. Drawing breath. Getting up every morning. You got a, you got a purpose. You got a priority. And it's not just doing what you want. And as a follower of Jesus, it's certainly not about you sitting on the bench, running out the clock till you die and go to heaven someday. Woohoo! No, every day, every day, it's the same thing. You open your eyes, maybe you get some coffee, maybe you get a lot of coffee. <laughs> Dan, you should see his mug. Holy cow. Uh, but then at some point, at some point, when it's time for you to get up and get going, Listen, as the one who loved you and gave himself for you now says to you, now I've come to you, you come with me. Come follow me. Let's go see what the Father's prepared in advance for us to do today. Let's go see who needs a little bit of what you've received in abundance. We heard it in the Old Testament lesson today. Did you hear it? It is too little a thing. I love that. The father saying to the son, look, I'm sending you in to redeem and restore my people, but I'm not satisfied just with my folks at South Shore Trinity. Oh, I love them. I want them. But it is too little a thing simply to save them. Oh, no, no. I want everyone to the, did you read it? Ends of the earth, which means all the way to Minneapolis. Absolutely. Did you hear what Paul said? He reminded us too. He's like, God went to all the trouble of dwelling in the bodily form of Jesus, went to the trouble of dying on the cross, shedding his blood to take away your sin. Why? So that he could reconcile to himself. Did you hear the two words? Did you hear them? All things. Everything. Everything above the earth, everything on the earth. It's mine, God says. I am going to get it back. I'm going to redeem it. And I'm going to restore it. And y'all get to help. Now, he's not expecting you to be Jesus. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, you're not Jesus. Go ahead. Let's do that. Let's keep this straight. Yeah. Some of you wives, you were a little too eager to do that to your husbands. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Okay. Uh, yeah, you're not Jesus. You're not going to do what only Jesus can do. We're not talking about that. We're talking about doing what he gave you to do. So when we talk about, um, just a second, I'm, I bet you this is going to work eventually. Somebody click the clicker back there. There we go. Next one. Am I doing that or are you doing that? Just so I know. All right. So there you go. That's how most of us think about it, right? We think about, uh, we think about, uh-oh, I'm a missionary. That sounds like a bad idea. And the reason we feel the, this dread, y'all have, down in Texas, we get the willies. You get the willies here in Minnesota? Yeah. It's that feeling of, uh-oh, I think this is a bad idea, right? And we think this because we have something very simple but very important precisely backwards. That when we think about the mission of God and the accomplishment of the mission of God, we think that, uh-oh, this somehow depends on me. Uh, let me. How many of you think God the Father is smarter than you? Just a quick show of hands. That God is smarter than you. Good. Hey, Saturday night, it was 80-20 split. I was a little surprised by that. Yeah. No, they all raised their hands, too. 
They've all been taught well, just like you have. Of course, we know God is, too, is smarter than us, and he is way too smart to send you out to do something you cannot do. In your neighborhood, your workplace, your school, wherever you're going tomorrow, wherever you're going later today, he is too smart to send you to do something you cannot do. You can't save anyone. You can't fix anyone. You can't redeem anyone. You can't restore anyone. You can't make them have a right relationship with the Father. You can't change their eternal destiny. That is above your pay grade. Everybody take a deep breath and let it out. You can relax. I absolve you from saving anyone in the name of the true Savior. Now see, God the Father is smart enough to send a son of God to do what requires a son of God to do. You see, if you're going to save people, restore people, you're going to make them right with the Father again, then you better, save, you better send someone that can do that. And he did. And his name is? Jesus. That's right. You're not called to be Jesus. Jesus is Jesus, thank you very much, and we're all very thankful for that. But what he does give you to do is something so simple that even a little child can do it. And that's the rub, because unless you change, you become like a little child, you won't want to do it. And that puts you in a bit of a way with the Father, doesn't it? And that simple thing is this. Be a way by which my love gets to the people around you. Be a way by which my love gets to the people around you. Do I need to say it one more time? Be a way by which my love gets loose for the people around you. Clear enough? And if you're sitting there going, well, that's fine, but I don't want to. Dude, you better think that through. Now, if you refuse to love those around you, you'll still get to heaven because you're saved by. But I would not want to be you. Get up there and say, yes, sir, I heard exactly what you said, but I didn't want to do it. Does that sound remotely smart? Does that sound remotely smart? No. So Jesus gives you good advice. It's the only sane advice you should take. Repent. Say, I don't like people. Well, repent. You have been loved, not so that you could stay the same and be hard-hearted and small and petty and giving people what they deserve. Jesus says something about you. In the way that you judged, you will be judged. Does that sound like a good place to be in? Oh, no, 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 no. The only sane thing, my friend, is repent. Believe the good news. And then follow Jesus. To do what? To love people that are around you, that he lays across your path. Real simple, huh? So we don't have to be afraid. You can indeed be like a little child. Let not your heart be troubled. You actually can live this way. Go out and knowing you're loved, confident in your forgiveness, knowing you got grace, treat people better than they deserve. Why? Because you were. You do realize you're not all that. <laughs> God had to have a good deal of grace for you, and he does. But now that he has for you, let us now also have that for those that need it still. If those who have the grace of God refuse to give the grace of God, then who's to blame for the condition of this community? It's not evil. Evil's always evil. 
The scary part is the church is more and more satisfied with going to church than being the church. Getting grace than giving grace. Let's be Jesus followers again, shall we? Let's be the ones who have freely received. Oh, yes, don't forget that. But then freely give it away. Why? Because it's the only thing that works and happens to be what God wants to get done. So we don't have to be afraid. We're joining Jesus on his mission. The Father sent his Son into the world to do the heavy lifting of redeeming and restoring all things. Revelation 21, behold, I have made all things new. Woohoo! That's where he's going. That's what he's getting to. And you'll either be with him or he'll go around you. I'd prefer, and I think you would too, to be on his team rather than being the one he's having to work around. We're joining Jesus on his mission. We don't go for Jesus. That's a bad plan. Jesus, stay here at the church. I'll go save somebody for you. Doesn't that sound like a bad plan? (laughs) It's a bad plan. Good news is it's not the plan at all. No, we don't go for Jesus. We go with Jesus. You come follow me. I'll do all the hard stuff. Then you be like a little child and give away what I've already given you. Sound like a deal? We don't go for, we go with. We don't have to be Jesus salespeople. (laughs) Now, I've met a lot of you, and I don't see you doing this. (laughs) Down in Texas, we got a few of these, but you don't have too many of these up here. But even if we thought we were supposed to be that person, even if they think, "Uh uh-oh, that's why I can't join Jesus on his mission, because I can't be that guy, or I don't want to be that guy, I got good news for you. Please do not be that guy. If you think you have to be a salesman for Jesus, I got two words of biblical advice. Ready? Stop it. (laughs) You're just irritating people. Who's the only person that can sell Jesus to anybody? That's right, Pastor Dan. (laughs) But beyond Pastor, no, not even Pastor Dan. The only person that can do it is Jesus. That's right. And he does it the only way that actually works. Not with a a slick sales pitch from the outside in, but, but actual inner transformation from the inside out. All we can do is spread a little seed, spread a little love, spread a little joy. Be a way by which people have good happening in their lives. Something right happens in their lives. They get some insight. They get some wisdom. They get some news that's good. You just are like a seed sower. That's all you get to do, but that's what you get to do. Do it. Thank you. (laughs) Absolutely. It is that simple. You sitting here and discussing it is fine. You going and doing it is important. It's the mission of God, friends. It's what God's up to. It's the reason for everything. He wants his world back. And he's so glad he has you. But he also wants your neighbor. He wants your coworker. He wants those that are around you every day. And you're not going to save them. So he's not asking you to. But you can love them. You can treat them better than they deserve. And in fact, he expects you to. Look at all these people so sad. I guess I'm going to have to go love people. Rats. No, that's your... Uh, If you listen to Jesus, he said, when you 
deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow him and learn how to give your life for the good of others, you'll start finding the life you've actually been made for and saved for. You're getting ready to really live. You're getting ready, you're getting ready to be part of something that's actually happening out there. You're going to see hope in people's eyes again. You're going to see smiles on people's faces again. You're going to see people start to treat other people better than they deserve. Why? Because you started it. Well, frankly, he started it, but then you shared it. This could be a very good week for White Bear Lake if all the people in church on Sunday went out and did the one thing he gave us to do. Yeah, we're not Jesus' salespeople. We're Jesus' followers. We imitate him. We live like him for the good of others. If all the people in church this Sunday worshiping Jesus went home and did the one thing he gave us to do, this would be a very good week for White Bear Lake. And the crazy thing is it'd be one of the best weeks you've had in a long time too. That's what you're designed for. That's what you're made for. And that's certainly what you're saved for. So... If we're thinking about this, a lot of times people get scared about the mission of God because we are Americans and we're always thinking globally, right? We're always thinking big and there's nothing wrong with that. God's thinking big too. Did you hear the ends of the earth? All things. I want the whole world back. Yeah, that's, that's God's deal. But he doesn't, he doesn't send you out to get the whole world. He doesn't, get you, he doesn't send you out to get the Twin Cities. He doesn't send you out to get White Bear Lake. You know how many people are on the face of the earth right now, give or take a few? 7.2 billion. That's a lot of people. Thankfully, pastors prepared a binder for each of you with 100 million names each. We're going to send you out this week, see how you do. Does that sound even remotely? No, of course not. Well, 7.2 is a little over the top anyway, because of that 7.2, 2.2 are actually already baptized. So that leaves only 5 billion unbaptized people. <laughs> only. Well, that seems a little overwhelming, except it's not. You know why not? Because we're going to do a little mission math. Yeah, there's 5 billion unbaptized people and only 2.2 billion baptized people. But if you do the math, how many unbaptized people are there on the face of the earth for every baptized person? The answer is two or a touch more than two. Yeah, two, not millions, not thousands, not even dozens, two. Even if you don't like people very much, you can handle too. <laughs> okay, I'm going to stop expecting you to laugh because you're not going to do it. No, that's, I, 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 I will get a good understanding here by the time I'm done. Yeah, two. Who are two neighbors or two coworkers or two fellow students or two people you volunteer with or two people that are at the same place you like to go to dinner or have your coffee or whatever it might be? Two people over the next year that are living without the grace and truth of Jesus. They're your neighbors. They're within 50 feet of you right now, not right now, but when you're out there, right then. What's her name? What's her story? How can you be a way, not that you fix them or solve all their problems, but you get to know them, you laugh with them, you, you love them. You give them a little insight. That comes straight from him through you to them. Call the word of God. But you don't have to quote passages at them. Just tell them what is true. For their good. The truth will set them. You already know the word. 
So yeah, it's a very small part that God has for you. It's, it's, it's within reach. It's doable. It's two people. And if we head out of here today and we finally start to do two very simple things, notice who's already there and then care. That's all you got to do. And after that, just see what God will do. How will open a door for you to have a little interaction, for you to maybe introduce yourself if you've never met or have never shared a name, that, that maybe you find out a little open door where a cool cup of water might, might make a difference. I don't know what, that's the adventure of getting up every morning, friends. But you do have to do what Jesus told you to do. Open your eyes and look, John 4. Seek and you will find. And seek first the kingdom of heaven, he says. Matthew 6. So we can sum this up very quickly and very easily. To join Jesus on his mission, all we have to do is enjoy people. And you're like, oh, 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 that's a deal breaker. No, it's not. No, it's not. Because when you start to know who these people are that on their own irritate you. I'm not talking about your spouse. I mean the other people. When you start to get to know their story, something will come up inside of you. You know what it's called? Empathy. Once you know their story and you say something along the lines of, wow, if that would have happened to me, who would I be? And wow, wouldn't it be cool if God, in my pain, in my woundedness, in my lack, in my being messed up in some way, would have put someone nearby who knew him, had his grace, and was willing to treat me better than I deserved. Wouldn't you appreciate that? I thought you might. You're that person. It's within your reach. You know why? Because Jesus is inside of you. Everybody smile now. I want to see Minnesotans smile. Give it to me. Thank you so much. This is good news, isn't it? This is good news. And once you start to care and notice, and you're starting to, oh, I'm, I know it sounds crazy, enjoy these people, then you're going to be able to seek, recognize, and respond to what Jesus is doing in their life. A little joy, a little laughter, a little insight, a little empathy, a little quietness as you just sit there with them and their pain. I don't know what it is. That's the adventure of getting up every morning. You'll have something for you because the Father's prepared the good in advance for you to do. Welcome to the adventure, friends. You are Jesus worshipers. You are beneficiaries of Jesus. And now you get to be Jesus followers. As you get up and go out with him into the places you already live and work and have your fun and go to school and join him on his mission. Because that's the point. That's his point. And because we love him, it's our point too. Let's watch this video to finish it up.
Wow. Could it really be that simple? Dear friends, it always has been, and it still is. All we have to do is do it. South Shore Trinity, White Bear Lake, Minnesota, let the adventure begin. In Jesus' name.